This is Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois. Here is one of my typical days. 6.15 a.m., alarm goes off. Catherine is already up. 6.20 a.m., I brush my teeth, try to rearrange my bedhead, and I try not to look at my phone. 6.30 a.m., make a cup of decaffeinated coffee. Not very exciting, but I do freshly grind the beans, and I do a pour-over. 6.40 a.m., begin morning prayer and Bible time. Try and get time to pray with Catherine. 7.45 a.m., get ready for the day. Realize I'm already running late and tell myself I really must awaken earlier tomorrow morning, eat two eggs, one piece of toast, take vitamins, make myself a concoction of flaxseed oil, coconut oil mixed with cottage cheese. My mother-in-law says it's good for me. Make my lunch, shower. 8.30 a.m., drive to church, make a phone call or two, send a verbal command text or two. 8.45 a.m., arrive at church, go to my office. Begin to think already, I think I can manage the day I have ahead of me so I can go for a run out in Lincoln Marsh at 4.30. Do sermon prep, do email, be in meetings, handle a crisis, eat lunch at my desk, keep thinking that I can successfully manage my day so I can run at 4.30. 5.30, run. 6.15, arrive home, talk with the kids, pick up some kid at soccer somewhere, do a few dishes. 7.15, eat dinner. 7.30, brief family prayer. 8 o'clock, read to Beckett, my nine-year-old. 8.30, send that quick pay that one of my older kids keeps telling me I owe them. May drink some tea, listen to something, read something, watch something. 10.30, head to bed. You're thinking, what does this have to do with Christmas? Everything. Christmas has everything to do with the days and the hours and the way in which we live our typical lives, as well as those days that are not so typical. When Jesus saves us, Jesus, the incarnate God, saves us. He saves our daily lives. If Jesus doesn't save our daily lives, what is he saving? And where is his power? And where is the actual life change if our daily lives aren't changed? Would you not agree with me that probably one of the most important questions and one of the more, most important things we have to work through is how do we get through our days? And there are some days that are typical. And then there are some other days. It's a beautiful piece of Christmas music that I listen to every year. It's called the Hodier. It's stunning by a composer, Rafe Vaughn Williams. When you hear Hodier, you might want to think howdy. That won't help you understand this piece of music, nor will rodeo. Neither one will help you. Hodier is a Latin word, and it simply means this day. And over and over again in this beautiful, beautiful piece of music, you have powerful percussion. You have soaring choral voices. You have incredible brass, all of it pushing, pushing, pushing this day, this day, this day, coming right out of Luke chapter 2, that unto us this day is born a Savior, amen, whose name is Christ, Messiah, the Lord, the God who came on this day, fully present to us, full of all power, and yet completely living as a human being, comes for every day 
of our lives. That's the power and the good news of Christmas. Indeed, when Jesus comes, he saves us for the daily hours, and he also save us, saves us for the harrowing hour that comes for all of us. Look at these daily details that are part of Luke chapter 2. Indeed, he starts uh, verse 1 saying, in these days. And then within five verses, we have a dozen different details that describe the reality of living daily life as Joseph or as Mary. Caesar Augustus, Quirinius, Syria is mentioned, Joseph, Galilee, Nazareth, Judea, city of David, Bethlehem, house of David, Mary, child. Theologian and deacon here at Church of the Resurrection, John Clark, has written, In Jesus, the reality of God entered into the reality of our daily existence. It's a powerful play that Catherine and I saw many years ago called On the Open Road. It's a place set in a kind of post-apocalyptic wasteland. There's been some bomb, there's been some pandemic, and there's two men who are trying to find a safe place to get out of the places of danger in this wasteland that they're in. One man's name is Al, one man's name is Angel. Angel finds the woman as they're trying to escape who herself has been treated in horrific, evil ways. She's still living. And in compassion, he picks her up and puts her on his back to save her. His partner, Al, sees him and tells him, leave her. Angel says, I just saved her. Al says, saved her life? You think that's all it takes? One shot salvation? Do you have any idea the kind of love it takes to save someone? She'll need to be saved every hour of every day over and over again for years. Are you willing to do that? Are you? An angel takes a step back. He absorbs what Al has confronted him with. An angel says, I don't know. I don't think so. Al says, drop her. And he does. Here's the good news. Jesus never looks at you or at me and says, I don't think so. Never. He says, I will. I will. I will save you. I will save you from your sins. I will save you from the reality of the daily grind. I will save you in every single hour and every single minute, every single day and year of your life. That is exactly what I've come to do. That is exactly the kind of love that I have. Is there a certain hour in your day when you especially need God's power? Do you have an hour that you just don't like or you struggle with? When I was a kid, I hated 2 p.m. It's just like nothing was happening. Things happened in the morning, things happened at night, nothing happened at 2 p.m. Very boring hour. I did not like it. As a young adult, I didn't like 4 p.m. 
got depressed at 4 p.m. For some of you, it's 3 a.m. That's the hour where you need the power of God. A singer-songwriter, Fernando Ortega, has a beautiful song called Noonday Devil, and he has a brief stanza in there. He says, In my hour of hopelessness, in my deep despair, the noonday devil whispers in my ear. How does Jesus come into the hours and the days of our lives? How does he come in and meet us in that place? How does that happen? Well, it happens by his birth. It happens by his crucifixion. But how do you get hold of that? Here's what the church has taught us for centuries. Here's how you get hold of that. You worship throughout your day. There's a reason why the ancients called the worship throughout the day the hours. You would pray the hours seven different times in the day. And we still often pray morning prayer, evening prayer, nighttime prayer. But expand that. Be creative with that. I'd say praise even more than you podcast. Use the devices that you have to engage yourself in sung worship. Worship throughout your day. In doing so, you will apprehend the salvation of Jesus. The incarnation of God will be yours in fullness as you worship the living God. Of all of our Christian feasts, perhaps one that has the deepest worship in it within the scriptures, when we read about the feast itself, is Christmas, where angels are worshiping, shepherds are worshiping, Mary's holding all these things in her heart in worship. The Magi will come later and worship the living God. Carols, they're not made for background music. It's fine if you wrap your gifts while you listen to them, but they were actually written for us to worship, amen? We're to lift up the name of Jesus throughout our day and throughout our hours. For as we learn to lift up the name of Jesus in our hours and our daily life and live out the incarnation, it will ready us for the hour in which no one can be entirely ready, which is the harrowing hour. And all of us at some point, we face an hour that will haunt us. An hour where crisis will double up and go strong into our lives. Jesus was born in a harrowing political hour. Caesar Augustus mentioned at the very beginning of this passage, when Caesar Augustus would be mentioned and you would understand who he was, his name itself would be harrowing for you. As a Jewish man, or woman, child, Caesar Augustus was called a son of a god, Julius Caesar, and the savior of the entire world. And when he decreed registration, what he was decreeing was a way to utterly and completely control everything about your life by taxing you and following you and knowing everything about you. So you constantly felt watched and occupied. Jesus was born in a harrowing personal hour to a very young mother who was away from her family and all the women in the village who would have gathered around her and supported her in her birth likely born in a cave or someplace in which livestock was kept. There was nothing romantic about that. There was nothing sweet or awe about that. It was a harrowing hour in which Jesus was born. But none of that compares to the harrowing hour in which he was born because he was born as the light of the world amidst the deep and menacing and wicked and unrelenting darkness. Jesus was born in the harrowing hour for the harrowing hour for your harrowing hour. Because you'll never be completely ready when the doctor's voice and you know something's not right on the phone with the diagnosis or the test result. You're never going to be ready 
for that 3 a.m. call about a serious accident involved a loved one. You're, you're never going to be ready for the relationship that you thought would last your entire life and is literally blowing up before your eyes. You will never be ready for those moments. But Jesus, born in the harrowing alley, he's ready. He's absolutely ready for those hours. He came in the harrowing hour for the harrowing hour. Luke does a beautiful thing. He has, and we read this this evening, he described Jesus' birth. He talks about how Jesus was wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger. He will use almost that exact same language poetically and intentionally after Jesus is crucified. And there, rather than saying he was wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger, he will write, he was wrapped in a linen shroud and laid in a tomb because his death and his birth and, yes, his resurrection from the dead are all connected in the work he's been called to do to save us, to save our daily hours, to save us, beloved family of God, in the harrowing hour. He knows how much love it takes to save someone. So we're going to just get quiet for a moment. And I want to give you a chance on Christmas Eve, amidst all that's been happening before now and all that will be happening tonight and tomorrow, I want to just give you a chance to respond to the Lord Jesus tonight. It would be a very simple. And it's going to be brief. But if you would like just to say, yeah, I know the Lord, but I, I need him in my hours again. I, I, I need him in a harrowing hour I'm in. So I know the Lord Jesus, but I just, I need that. I'm just going to ask you just to put your hands out in front of you like that as a way of engaging your body in a minimal way. Just to say, yes, I, I, I need you. I need, I need my hours saved again. I need, I need to learn how to worship throughout my day. But I'm going to make another invitation as well, another prayer. And that is if you're here tonight or you're, you're with us on our live streams, you're here with us. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord, or maybe you once knew him many years ago, but you've fallen away from following Jesus, and somehow or other you're here or here hearing me talk about Jesus, the Son of God who's come to save us, and you'd like to receive Jesus tonight, you'd like to receive him, and not just have your daily hours and your harrowing hours saved, but your entire life saved, I'm going to actually give you a chance to pray for that. What I'm going to do, we'll pray for the other folks first. We'll get them out of the way. Then I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to ask you to do is, I'm just going to ask you to actually raise your hand. We're going to have everybody's head bowed, so it'll be quiet and private. If you're home. But I want you to raise your hand rather than put your hands in front of you. Because I, I want you to do something that's even more overt. Saying, I, I want to receive Jesus for salvation. I've not known him, or it's been many years and I've been far from him. If you're home, I want to ask you to do the same thing. So if there's a few of you at home, would you all be willing just to all close your eyes? A little bit less privacy for you, but it needs to be public eventually anyway that you've come to know Lord Jesus and be saved by him. All right. So let's just, let's just be quiet. Would you close your eyes, please, to give your neighbor and family member just some space <laughs> as much as possible?
I'm going to pray first for those of you. just want to invite you just into your hours. Just place your hands in front of you, Lord Jesus. You can just pray in your heart, repeating after me. Christmas is about you coming to save my daily life, to save my morning, my afternoon, my night. I'm so sorry that I go through my entire day and I don't realize I can worship you. I, I don't realize how much of you is there for me, how you're waiting to just tell me you love me, to tell me you're with me, to tell me you've got strength for me. I, Lord, I just want that in my daily life. Lord, I need that in a harrowing hour. I'm in a harrowing hour, Jesus, and you're ready for this hour that I'm in. Would you now just come? Just come into that hour. Just take a deep breath as if you're just breathing in the Lord Jesus into your moment here, your day. Thank you, Lord. And if you would like to pray to receive Jesus, to repent of your sin and receive him into your life tonight, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. And if you're home, I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. And just put your hand up in the air. And Lord Jesus, we now ask and I pray, and just repeat after me, Lord, I want to receive your salvation. I want to be saved by you. I need my life saved. I need my mind saved. I need my body saved. Lord, I repent of my sin. I repent of running from you or ignoring you. Tonight, I believe that I want to be saved by you. I want to become a follower of Jesus. And I pray that I could receive you now. Lord, come into my heart that I may receive you fully and your salvation. And I ask that I may be filled by your Holy Spirit that my daily life might be changed by you. We pray all these things, both prayers and any other prayers you prayed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. Our vision at Church of the Resurrection is to equip everyone for transformation. As part of that vision, we love to share dynamic teaching, original music, and stories of transformation. For more of what you heard today, check out the rest of our podcast. To learn more about our ministry, visit churchres.org.